Uh, let me just close my door because my mom's downstairs with my newborn and they're kind of making a ruckus. <laughs> yeah, that Craig, that's why I'm in my car. So same same issue. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. Um he's four months old, actually five months old as of two days ago. And uh, you know, in order for me to work, you know, I gotta get the free yeah. labor from my mom. I hear you. I got I got a seven month old, so Oh, okay. So Still two COVID babies. Hmm. <laughs> that's right. Is that yeah. your first? No, that's my second. I also have a girl who's uh, three. Okay, so at least you have experience. You know, yeah, I am, uh, but um, it but it does make working from home even crazier when you have two. <laughs> so uh, you know, the, ba the, ba the, the baby is the easy one. It's the three-year-old who just will like just come in and start talking when you're on a call. It's, you know, <laughs> tougher. Yeah, when when I'm on the phone, you know, just like cold calling or something, he'll he'll scream if I'm, you know, I don't know if the right word is responsible or take care, taking care of him. And I'll, you know, it's easy to blame a, a newborn. Oh, it's just my newborn. You know, don't don't mind them. You know, people people right. don't you know give you flack. Um, okay. so great. Um, welcome to this week's episode of Getting on the Green. We have an awesome individual today, Clifford Moskowitz. He is the Executive Vice President of North America at NAI Global. Um, he went to NYU and got a Master of Science, and he went to Indiana University. Um, so he is a well-educated individual uh, with tons of experience in real estate. I look forward to hearing more about what he has to say. Um, I will make one comment, and I want to hear your thoughts on it, uh, Cliff, about Indiana University. My uh, you know, being from South Florida, my sister went there for one year, uh, by far the coldest uh, she's ever been. I went up and visited her, and uh, I don't know if it was as much a culture shock for you as it was uh, for her, because uh, she only lasted one year up there, and then came came back down to the University of Miami, uh, to the warmer weather. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, I have a feeling it was more than just the weather, uh, if I had to guess uh, about the one year, but... Uh, you know, Bloomington, Indiana is, is in my in my mind the best place there is in the world, weather aside. So, uh, you know, I'm a Hoosier for life and uh adamant Hoosier fan, follow every sporting event they have. So uh, you know, I no complaints for me on that one. And there was a good education too, but you know, that's secondary. Yeah, I guess that's a a secondary thing to the sports, right? <laughs> exactly. Um Yeah, when I went up and visited her, I mean it was it was a fun experience. I think I was like probably 15 or 14. So that was my first college experience. And that was a memorable one for me. Uh, so that was, that was fun. <laughs> IU has a nice little yeah. place in my home as well. So anytime I see somebody with it, I used to walk around with an IU hat and people would be like, what is that? Um, yeah. <laughs> All right. Actually, so surprisingly, to... they, have a, they have a big, big East Coast contingent. A lot of people from Florida uh and just up and down the east coast you know surprisingly do attend indiana so uh, it was kind of interesting when i was there to see yeah i mean you you see the amount of uh south floridians who go up to like northeastern areas um even though you know indiana is not necessarily northeastern but you know still north um to to experience uh, the differences in colleges and you know that's that's something that i i really think everybody should experience is a different culture and a different you know, place to, to learn or live for whatever portion of their life. So 
college is a great opportunity to do that. Um, so yeah, let's let's get let's get um, today. We are going to talk a little bit about um, you know branding and um, kind of selling yourself and how you can do that efficiently. Um, but let's let's start off with uh, who you are, other than you know your education and where you're from, and you know explain a little bit about your your come up in the real estate world. Sure. Um, yeah, I, I'm currently, uh, as you mentioned, the executive vice president for NAI Global, which for those of you who may or may not know, NAI Global is the largest collection of independent real estate firms in the world. We have uh, over 375 offices, and as of today, I believe we're in 35 different countries. Um, in my current role, you know, we all wear many hats around the organization, but um, my my role includes uh, strategic growth of the company and the brand itself, uh, recruiting new offices and professionals to uh, uh, align with that growth and come under the NAI Global brand. And then my background uh, is in commercial brokerage. I started out uh, as an office leasing broker in New York City, doing both tenant rep and landlord leasing assignments uh, office. Um, and I still do some of that, you know, mostly on the leasing and investment sales side. Uh, the big difference now when I do some brokerage is that uh, my assignments are more national or international in nature. And depending on where the requirement is, I team up with the local office and we work on the assignment together. Um, in between being a broker uh, and um, uh, my current role, uh, I, I did uh, go to school at night, like you said. I have my master's in real estate finance from NYU. Um, and uh, I was actually recruited from there by one of my professors and I went over to Deloitte and the real estate consulting group. I spent about five years there. That was great experience doing more valuation uh, and real estate uh, related valuation type assignments. Um, and that was a really great learning experience. And then uh, the president of NAI Global kind of recruited me over there and, and that's where I'm at right now. That's awesome. So you're actually the second person who uh, told me that through the use of uh, or through the experience of a master's in real estate, uh, they were basically immediately able to get a job and got recruited right after that. Um, I know, you know, we didn't really discuss that we would be talking about this at all before, but is that something that you would suggest to to people, um, you know, if they're in the real estate world is to, to get that master's education um, and to, you know, I guess, elevate yourself in comparison to the thousands of other real estate professionals? Yeah, I, I think and, uh, you know, it, it I think it does go along with, you know, something we were we might talk about today, which is, you know, building yourself and your brand. We have, um, you know, a huge push on education within our organization. Um, and that's in many different ways. You know, so for in some ways it is getting a master's or a higher higher level degree um, for other professionals. It's. Um, getting a designation or certain certification within your industry. For example, in the real estate industry, we have the CCIM designation or the SIOR designation or, you know, several others that, uh, RICS, several others that are well known. Um, and we also offer our own designation uh, under the NAI University uh, program that we roll out to all of our professionals. Um, so we uh, have a voucher program where we support people who uh, want to achieve some higher education. We give them funds to do so. 
and I'm a huge proponent of it. Um, you know, it doesn't have to be a master's, you know, from NYU. It can be, you know, something else. But I, I think that it's definitely important um, in several ways. You know, one way, certainly your knowledge and your skill set. Uh, the other way is for uh, marketing, you know, to clients or potential clients that you have these uh, extra designations to distinguish yourselves. But in my experience, the most important way is that being involved with these different educational opportunities, whether it's class uh, online or in person, uh, whether it's attending the organization events themselves, getting to build your own network is really the key that I find from the different educational opportunities out there. Um, it, it's a great way to build your network, know people in different areas of the industry, and um, kind of establish your own uh, sort of base for yourself. So yeah, I, I would highly encourage it. That's great. And I want to get more into uh, the actual branding, um, but I want to digress for a second. You mentioned uh, about NAI Global, how it's in you know 30-something different countries all around the world. Um, and you know, I don't get to necessarily talk to somebody who leads a uh, such a global brand like that. Um, so, how do you manage such a large brand over you know so many different countries, so many different cultures, languages? How how do you basically get that consistent message and the consistent level of professionality um, over such a vast uh, demographic? Well, you know, in my case, it's, it really starts with my team. You know, I got to give them the credit. They're the ones who, um, you know, really do the execution on the ground um, with with uh, the different uh, cultures and countries and all that. But, you know, really, um, over the years, we've just come to a system of uniformity, and we've found that um, keeping everything uniform, despite the country or the um, makeup of the firm, uh, size, expertise, but as much as we can keep uniform, um, we really try to, whether that be branding or, you know, PR releases or announcements, and we have trainings that help their, their, the professionals themselves or their marketing uh, assistants, uh, the marketing teams. Uh, make sure that everything's uniform. We have, you know, guidelines, brand guidelines that we provide. We have, you know, templates that are standardized that everybody uses. Um, and we have them in different language in different formats, whether that be InDesign or Word or, um, you know, PowerPoint. Um, so, you know, really keeping a consistent message and the consistent um, brand to the uh, outside world helps us to, um, you know, manage that. And then, you know, certainly in certain situations, you have to be flexible, but, you know, you got to start with some some pillars before you can, you know, move move those goalposts. Yeah, that's that's a certainly having that baseline of, you know, everyone has to be, you know, at least right here and, you know, we can be flexible from there is definitely a, an interesting way of doing it. And, you know, it seems like that would certainly standardize the, the quality because, you know, in the, in the real estate profession, in my opinion, um, you know, the only way to truly differentiate one brand to the other is the quality of the work that they do for the clients. And it's hard for clients to, to see what that differentiation is without necessarily experiencing it with one brand versus the other. So 
how do you, I guess, differentiate yourself? What what do you all provide that um, that a professional can come to you all and say, hey, I'm a real estate professional. I want more. Um, what can you do for me? Um, well, you know, there's several things. So um, first of all, you know, we're a little bit different uh, than some of our competitors uh, in the fact that, um, you know, we have 375 offices around the world, but we don't actually own any of them. They're all independently owned and operated um, by, you know, entrepreneurs uh, around the world. Um, typically, the profile of the owner of the office is, you know, family, generational real estate office. They're own real estate in their local market. Um, they're very well known in their community. And in addition to that, they have, you know, third party brokerage, uh, property management, and sometimes facility management services. Um, whereas opposed to our competitors, you know, they might be, um, uh, you know, their offices are probably owned by them, uh, you know, the international competitors or their franchise model where they are paying percentage fees um, to the uh, corporation. And so uh, the difference is that our um, people, they're deeply ingrained in their local market. They're um, entrepreneurial in nature. And um, they're, you know, not necessarily the um, type of person that's gonna fit in the very corporate culture. Um, which allows us to be much more flexible and uh, much more adaptable to certain circumstances than our competitors, um, whether that be on fee structure or, um, you know, some other creative things that come up. Um, you know, it just helps us differentiate. But um, in terms of us being, uh, you know, a place for real estate professionals themselves to hang their flag, um, you know, the diff the major difference is that we don't get involved in their local business. Um, their local business is run by themselves. You know, they um, certainly have the ability to use all of our resources and most do, um, but we're not actually taking fees or percentages of their local business. They're running that all themselves. Our model is not a franchise model. It's more of a membership organization where they pay set fees um, for a certain area or uh, for a certain time period um, to be a part of the organization, use our brand and our tools, um, and basically um, have the ability to run their own business without someone in the corporate world looking over their shoulder, but also um, not be just a local shop, uh, have the ability to uh, you know, conduct business globally where necessary, or um, just be a part of something bigger um, and a bigger organization uh, than, than just maybe their local office. So it's a little bit of both worlds. It's a little bit of the large brand while at the same time being entrepreneurial and not having um, some of the corporate bureaucracy or minutia or even, you know, fee splits that come along with that. Very cool. Um, you mentioned that sometimes it's based on time or location. Um, can you explain that a little bit more? What does that mean? So our, our uh, contracts, for example, um, I believe you have an, uh, you work at NAI Miami, is that correct? Correct. 
So NAI Miami, for example, we have a contract with the principals of the NAI Miami office for a set time period. Um, typically, it's like a five-year contract. And for a set market, um, in this case, Miami or Miami-Dade County and probably some of the other surrounding counties, I don't know offhand, that for that time period, um, that is, you know, the NAI Miami office. That's um, their territory and their brand. And uh, typically, you know, it goes well beyond the, the initial term of the contract, but it's a contract set contractual term for a time and a location. A geographic. So does that mean that, for instance, if another office or friend uh, don't actually not a franchisee, because you said it's not a franchise model, but if another office wants to open up um, in the South Florida area uh, under the NAI brand, I mean, they, they can't do it. That's correct. Exactly. For yeah, so um, it, those types. Uh, yeah, exactly. Provides a little bit of protection um, to them. But you were so you were telling me we spoke a, a little while ago. You were telling me about uh, a new program you all have uh, for individuals. Can you can you describe that a little bit? Sure. Um, yes. Yeah, so so one thing um, we're trying to be is adaptable to the times, and um, what we're seeing is that professionals, given the technology tools that are out there given some of the change that's been happening in the industry lately, whether that be overall fee compression or even the most recent, you know, I don't want to get into a whole COVID thing, but even the most recent um, episode with COVID and people sort of seeing that they can work a little bit more independently, but still want to be a part of something. Um, we're rolling out a new program in our open markets where we don't have a contractual relationship like we would with uh, South Florida, um, that professionals themselves, so typically, historically, it was a company would need to join NAI Global. We've now opened it up to individual professionals that can either be on their own or at a different company, but want to be a part of something bigger um, for them to join at a much reduced fee without the geographical exclusivity um, and have all the same um, tools and um, templates and um, just education and all the, some of the things we've already talked about that um, the typical member would have. Um, but the only difference is they wouldn't have geographical exclusivity to that area. And we're finding that, um, people, you know, we just launched this program in the beginning of this year, and we've already been signing people up, and they're very, very uh, open to it. There's a lot of change going on in the market right now. Uh, some of the bigger companies, um, you know, had some cost-cutting measures. Um, some people are trying to get out of um, some of those uh, places, and some other uh, places where they don't like maybe their fee splits, because, you know, this is a set uh, monthly fee, and there's no fee splits. You keep anything that you make is yours. Um, so it's just a much different model of thinking about things. And given um, what's going on, the way that, you know, people are able to be connected through technology and other um, ways, it's just, uh, you know, we're just trying to adapt with the times. And uh, so far, it's been very successful. That's cool. I, I mean, I don't know if you remember back when you, uh, not calling you old, but, you know, I don't remember if when uh, you got your real estate license, 
how many emails you got on the uh, you know no fee brokerages and things like that like hang your license here no fee brokerages um, so is this kind of like a way to kind of compete with those people where um, you know you're not taking a fee but you're still getting quality um, basically brokers or agents in and um, you know able to grow the brand it's a way for the um I don't say no I wouldn't put us necessarily on the same page of those no fee brokerages and you know that really at least in my experience is really more on the residential side you know that really uh -huh. doesn't exist much on the on the commercial side um so um you know it's 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 much different um, um it's a much different animal for lack of a better term um but what we are trying to do is allow people to be independent and in control of their own business but still maintain uh, professional standards and um, you know some of the other things that come along with that um, you know I think that we at for individuals and for um, you know independent real estate professionals we are the brand to be at um, and we have been historically and we've been you know growing that reputation uh, over the last couple of years for sure. Um, so, uh, I think, I think it's, um, not exactly like, like that, but, you know, in the sense where you can keep a bigger piece of your pie, uh, I guess in that, in that regard for sure. Um, so just to double check, can an associate be one of those individuals or do they have to be a broker? We, it, de it depends on the situation, but um, yeah, as, as of right now, you would have to be um, a broker or practicing underneath uh, somebody's uh, brokerage license somewhere. It wouldn't just be a real estate salesperson, but if you okay. are an associate at underneath someone, someone else and you want to differentiate yourself a little bit from maybe some of the other people in your shop that are just sort of local brokers, you know, in that scenario, you would be able to join up okay so let's shift gears um i know that you are involved a lot with branding um so i want to kind of explore that topic we don't have too much time so i want to explore that topic a little bit um how can somebody brand themselves when i when i got into the real estate world um you know i kind of explored that thought in my mind and i said you know what i'm gonna create a podcast um you know, we were encouraged by NAI Miami to do something to brand ourselves. And I came up with a podcast. Mm -hmm. So here we are in season three. Um, and, you know, I thought that this was a good way to both educate myself and other people and brand, brand myself, you know, get my, get my name out to uh, the world. So what would be one of your suggestions or a couple suggestions, whatever, whatever you choose, um, on how somebody can go about branding themselves and other than the education, uh, to differentiate from other professionals in the industry? Well, I think, you know, well, first of all, I just want to say I'm not a brand expert by any means, but I can certainly speak to some of the things that, you know, we provide to our professionals that um, we find to be very successful in the market. Um, okay. I think exactly what you're, what you're touching on is a great example, uh, a podcast, very unique. You know, I think, um, a professional nowadays really needs to be um, taking advantage of, you know, social media, but beyond that, really putting out content on a regular basis. 
Um, and that can be, you know, content you're putting together yourself, like you're interviewing different people for a podcast or content that maybe you're taking from, you know, a third party, but, you know, making your own and putting out there. So I'll just give you some examples of some of the things we do. You know, we do a program called social media in a box where, <coughs> excuse me, every, um, two to three weeks, we put out another, uh, our marketing team puts out another, uh, social media blog, let's say, or post that, you know, any NAI professional can go on and sort of brand it their own and put it out on their social media so that they ha constantly have some content going out. You know, we also um, provide uh, white papers that we um, brand uh, NAI and you can brand NAI Miami and send you know, those white papers out either on your social media or toward your, you know, con canvassing contact list, um, just to kind of be in front of them, have uh, yourself on the front of their mind. Um, another thing we do is spotlights, where we um, have a something you fill out just to spot highlight your your skill set, and uh, that's another thing you can put out and through all your different channels. We have uh, press release templates. Every time you do a deal or um, uh, something that you want to highlight, we have a press release template that you can fill out um, for for those wins um, to publicize them, put them out there, let people know uh, your successes. You definitely want to tout your tout your successes, um, and then certainly you know just making sure you know your your LinkedIn account and all your uh, social media accounts are you know up to date, you know and being very careful about what you're putting out there on those accounts, even if they're personal accounts, because uh, people will tie it back to you. We've um, had some issues with that in the past with some professionals. So very important nowadays um, to, to make sure that anything you're putting out, whether it's under your um, professional uh, name or your personal name is consistent with the message you want to be putting out to your clients. Um, so those are a couple of things that we're doing right now in terms of helping the professionals to build their brand, constantly putting a new content out um, and using those as touch points to, um, you know, connect with your uh, customers or potential, you know, potential customers. That's great. Um, seems like there's a lot of support there uh, for the professionals who are within your brand. Um, and it definitely seems to me that uh, the people or at least in the real estate world, um, the people who put out that extra effort um, seem to be the ones that are more successful. Um, the ones that are putting out those press releases, you know, you don't know if they're the ones writing it or, you know, they got it from their global brand. Um, but I have a buddy in New York, I actually interviewed him on a podcast, uh, Tim O'Reilly. He puts out, um, I think twice a week, um, an email blast uh, with articles, just like you're saying. and I, I contacted him the other day and I said, you know, where do you get these articles? Like, it, it, it makes you look very good. I like it. Um, so I wanted his advice on it. And, you know, it seems like it works out and it gets your name out there. And it's, to me, it seems very important to constantly be putting out that extra effort and branding yourself and showing the world that you're willing to put out that extra effort. Because uh, if you're willing to do that for your brand, you're probably willing to do that for your clients as well. Yeah. And, you know, I would also just add to that um, to adapt your message to, you know, what's currently going on out in the marketplace. Like, um, 
for example, you know, you may be a real estate professional that specializes in uh, investment sales or property management. Um, and, you know, now what we're expecting or what most people are expecting is, uh, you know, a big wave of, um, you know, properties in receivership or bankruptcies or uh, foreclosures, that sort of thing. And so we're catering, you know, our content now that we're, you know, receivership ready, we're leasing ready, we're, um, you know, we we have the experience um, dealing with the foreclosures and the special servicers. And that's the message that we're putting out there right now um, to align with kind of what's going on in the marketplace. You know, same thing, honestly, with making the change from NAI global only accepting companies to NAI global accepting individual professionals, because we're seeing this move towards um, individuals wanting to strike out on their own, you know, this big change in the industry. So um, I just would also encourage you to make sure that the message is adaptable to what's currently, what the current needs are out in the marketplace. That's great. I definitely agree with you. Um, so that is just about the time we have today. Clifford, I really, really appreciate you joining us, talking about uh, some of the things that you all provide, uh, what individuals can do to brand themselves, really reach their target market with a targeted message, which you were just mentioning, um, that's really important. You know, that's the caveat in there that I didn't mention, and you're absolutely correct on that. The message has to be targeted towards what's relevant. You know, if you're selling something that's totally irrelevant, nobody's going to be buying it. Um, so I really want to thank you for, for coming on and speaking with me um, and to the listeners. And uh, thank you very much. We appreciate it. Thank you. Hope to be uh, down in Florida in the not too uh, far future. And we can, we can yeah, get out of this hell. <laughs> All righty. Thank you. All right, Craig. Thanks, man. So thank you for listening to this episode with Clifford Moskowitz on Getting on the Green. This episode was a little bit different to start. I wanted to include a little bit of the uh, background chatter that I have every episode with my guests, um, just you know, to to show what we talk about. You know, a little bit of the uh, intros because a lot of these people I've never actually met in person. Um, I started this podcast during COVID. Um, I've been very locked down during COVID, which has made. Um, both meeting new people and doing business very hard. So doing something like a podcast has certainly helped in me reaching out. So I wanted to include a little bit of that, uh, you know, meet and greet um, in this podcast. Um, it's really funny to see how these people throughout our business life have a lot in common with us. I, I had no idea that Clifford had two young children and had to deal with uh, the same issues that I deal with. Uh, I mean, it's kind of weird calling... Uh, my child crying an issue, but you know, that's something that I have to face in my daily life is trying to do business while I have a child at home who might need me at any given moment. You know, he doesn't really care if I'm on the phone making a sales call or something like that, a cold call, warm call. Um, so it, it's, it's nice to see how other people deal with their um, situations that might be very much like your own. So you're never, you're never alone in your situation. There's always somebody who has either faced your problem or is going through the same problem that you have. Um, so I want to thank everybody again. If you have not gone to gettingonthegreen.com, please do so. If you have not gone to NAI Global, please search them out. Um, NAI Global is a very large company, as we heard, and there's tons of resources 
that you can find through them. Um, so take a look at that. Um, we appreciate everything that they do for NAI Miami and for the other chapters within their great group. Um, so coming up as well, we have a couple of other episodes. We're going to be changing gears a little bit. Um, I have, like I mentioned in past episodes, somebody who's going to be talking about mobile homes. I have somebody talking about psychology, which should be very interesting. And we also have somebody talking about the market of hotels, which is one that has been seriously beaten down during COVID. So we have a bunch other than that, but those are the three that are on the top of my mind that will be coming up in the near future. So look out for those episodes. And until then, we will see you next time on the green.